Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 6. I want you all to go ahead and make a note of this verse. I want you to hold on to it. This is a wonderful promise. This is one that I don't, I've, got it, I've got it on a little sheet of paper on my monitor at work. This is something I just hold on to. When you need some reassurance... Go read this verse, verse 6 through 9. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now you see Him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. The title of the message is The Trial of Your Faith. How many of you have been through a trial and you felt like, when is this going to end? You just you can't even see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't even know where you are in the tunnel at this point. And it just seems like it just keeps coming and keeps coming. And and you think, God, why am I going through this? Why am I having to struggle with this stuff so much? Why? What is the... How do I get out of this situation I'm in? Those of you that's been through something like that, did it Did it end? Yeah, there's an end to it, isn't there? That trial's not going to go on forever. And some of you may be sitting here today and say, well, I'm still going through it. Well, talk to some of them people that said, yes, it ended. Find out there's some encouragement there that, that there is an end to the trial. But what's better than to knowing that there's an end to the trial is knowing that there is a reason why you're going through that trial. Because you see that verse we just read, it tells you that that trial of your faith is more precious than gold that has been tried with fire and purified. And what's better about it, what makes it even more valuable, is that that gold, when you refine it by fire, there's less of it that, that you end up with than what you started with. Because it's being purified and it decreases. It wears over time and it fades away. But that trial of faith... Even though you're being tried by fire, it seems like sometimes, you go through that process and what happens? You don't lose faith. You gain faith. It it is built upon. It increases. It multiplies. Because that is how our wonderful God works in our lives. He doesn't ever take away in things like that. He builds upon and, and it increases. It becomes more valuable to you as time goes by. So you think, why am I going through this trial? Why am I having to deal with all these kinds of things? Well, it's because God's preparing you. He's beginning a new work in you. And in order to do that, He has to bring you to a new place that you're not at currently. And that only happens when you're tried by fire. Just like we talked about gold. You don't get pure gold 
out of nature. You get something that's corrupted. You get something that has impurities in it. And as you run it through fire and it melts and and you skim off those impurities, it becomes more and more valuable and more pure. So you see, there's good things that come from the trial. It's hard to see it sometimes, though, ain't it? It's hard to... It's hard to know that something's good is going to come out of that terrible position you're in. <clears throat> know that those trials of faith that God puts you in is for your good. He doesn't mean you any harm. And see, you, this doesn't make sense in the natural world. You don't see this. You don't see people dealing with other people like this. But that's because God's ways are higher. His ways are not like ours. You can't compare it to natural things. Because the way God deals with us is is in a loving manner. And when when He puts you through these tests, and He makes you stretch and makes you grow and pushes you and pushes you, it's because He's got something better for you. And where you're at currently is not His best for your life. You see, God wants good for you. The Word tells us that every good and perfect things come down from the Father of lights. It's Him that, that bestows those good things upon you. And you think, well, why is it then that He's putting me through all this terrible stuff? It's because there's good in the end. Better than what you had to start with. Better than what you came into the situation with. He's got good waiting on you. Man, it's hard, to, it's hard to understand that when you're at the bottom of a pit. What does Psalms 40 and 1 say? It says, He pulled me out of a pit, a horrible pit, out of the mud and mire. It says, He set my feet on a rock and established my goings. You see, that's what God wants to do. Sometimes you get in these situations and it may be your own doing that brought you there, but God will use those those times to speak into your heart and show you this is not my best for your life. This is not what my plan was for you to be here. You see, God's plan for us is always the first best. Anything you come up with on your own is never better than second best. His plan is the best. So when you get yourself in that position, or you find yourself in that position, turn to God and say, God, I know this is terrible, and I'm hurting right now, and I hate the situation I'm in, but it has got to be for a reason. You wouldn't bring me here if you wasn't going to bring me out. And you wouldn't put me through this if it wasn't going to make me better in the end. Can I get an amen this morning? Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Do you, does this speak to your heart this morning? Verse 8 talks about that faith. Understand that faith in Jesus Christ is the core of Christianity. That's what it's all about. If you don't understand faith, you need to, you need to go back to Sunday school. You need to spend some time with somebody that does whatever it takes. You have got to get faith in your heart. You've got to understand what it's all about. Because it's that, that belief in something you've never seen. 
It's that belief in something that is greater than you and this source of strength that's outside of yourself. That is what Christianity is about. It's that faith. God's going to do everything in your life He can to build faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, that sounds nice, don't it? Well, you can put some words together and make things sound real lovely. But what I want you all to understand is the meaning behind faith and that the trial of your faith is, is the important thing. Listen, when you're being tried by God, you know something's happening. He don't put you there for no reason. It's because He's trying to do something with you. That that ought to be a great source of joy. What did the Scripture say? Full of joy. Inexpressible joy. Have you all ever felt inexpressible joy? You you just can't put into words how, how you feel inside because it's so wonderful. Full of glory, it said. That trial of your faith is what brings you to that point. You can't get there by never experiencing some of the bad. Because when you come out on the other side, you can look back and you can say, Oh man, that's wonderful what God just did in my life. Did you see how low I was? And He just pulled me out. How many of you are going through a trial? Let me see some hands. I want you all to know there's hope. And that trial's not for no reason. There's a reason behind what God is doing. And like I told you all ago, it's all for your good. He doesn't mean to do you any harm. And it never ceases to amaze me how God can, can move in my life in so many ways and then not harm me at the same time. It may feel like it's hurting me. It may feel like it's tearing me down, and it may be tearing me down. But if God begins to tear you down, it's because He wants to build you back up in a different and better way. You see, as you come into this world, and as you live your life, there's all kinds of things that that influence you and get into you that can't be there if you're going to be the best you can be for God. When you begin to try to serve Him and seek Him out, there's a lot of changes that have to be made. Some of them hurt. Some of them you don't like. Some of them you would rather keep some of that stuff, wouldn't you? I was talking to somebody the other day, and we said, sometimes we don't want to get any closer to God because we might have to give up something we like. That's sad, ain't it? But it's the truth. It's the truth. There's some things I like doing that I shouldn't be doing. It may not necessarily be a bad thing, but it hinders my walk with God. Some of that stuff's got to be purged. And the only way to do it is for God to try your faith by fire. To begin to work on you and purge you and cleanse you. When we first become Christians... We have just a little bit of faith. That don't sound like much. But what did Jesus say about a little bit of faith? He said it's just a grain of mustard seed size of faith 
that it takes to move mountains. So you see, when, when you have that little bit of faith and you come to God and, and you say, God, save my soul because I know I'm a wretched sinner and I ain't ever seen you. I ain't, I ain't ever seen you do nothing to me or for me, but I'm going to step out on this little bit of faith and believe that you are the Almighty God, that you sent your Son to die for my sins, and I'm going to believe in that. You see, that little bit of faith just moved a mountain in your life. It opened a door you didn't even know was there beforehand. But you don't have to stick with that little bit of faith. You see, you can live the rest of your life and have that little bit, but why would you want to? Why not go through a few trials and find out that that faith can grow? What does the Word tell you? about that grain of mustard seed. Well, that seed, when it's planted, becomes a big enough plant that even birds can rest in its branches. So you see that that is not the end result, is that grain of mustard seed. That's the beginning. But it takes trial. It takes fire to purge to get you to that point. Turn over to James chapter 1. Boy, I love James. There's probably somebody sitting here today and says, I just have a hard time understanding the Bible. Y'all go start in James. James don't beat around the bush. He tells you exactly the way it is. He uh, He doesn't try to make it all eloquent. He just tells you. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James said we ought to find joy in trials. Now, that don't make any sense, does it? Look, I'm going through a terrible time. God, how do you expect me to have joy when I ain't got no money? I can't pay my bills. I can't do this. Or I'm sick. My kids are having all these problems. How am I supposed to find joy when everything in this life is against me? It's because there's, there's good things coming. I'm going to get this through to somebody today. Somebody's going to hear, understand that, that these trials is what brings you closer to God. These trials is what makes you more Christ-like. These trials is what perfects the saints. These trials is what enables you to be able to serve God the way He intends for you to serve Him. So yeah, oh man, it's terrible when you're in them. It's terrible when you see them coming, but it's awesome when you see them going. It's inexpressible joy. That's what we need in our life. We need to have a a change of attitude. He says He counts it all joy to fall into divers' temptations. That's what He's talking about is those trials. He's not talking about being tempted with sinful things. He's talking about trying his faith. Counts it all joy. It's so hard to comprehend. It's so hard to understand when you hadn't already got to that point. But I promise you, listen, this word, this word is a promise to you. These things are in here so that when you hadn't been through them yet, you can look at that and say, oh, that's what I 
have to look forward to. That joy. And then when you get through the first one and you look back and say, oh, that wasn't so bad. It, you know, it didn't seem as bad now as it did while I was there. You can remember the next time. Yeah, this is terrible right now, but it'll just last a little while. It may be a month or two. It may be a year or two, but that's a whole lot fewer than what you had before. It's behind you then. This joy should come that no one's God is, is testing you for a reason. Look, I could tell y'all all day about this, but if you don't have a desire in your heart to do something for God, you won't understand it. You know, some people are just happy being saved, and that's all they want. They're done. Okay, yeah, they try to live a good life. They try to live according to... God's Word and His standards. I'm not trying to say they don't, but what I'm trying to tell you is they're satisfied with the minimum. But see, God has more for you if you want it. You have to, have, you have to desire to see that kind of thing come about, though. You have to desire to see God move in your life and, and wanting to. He wants you. Listen, He called you for a reason. He called you for a purpose. There was a reason why He created you the way He did. And it takes trying your faith to get you to that place. It's a, it's a long, hard road. This don't come easy. This is not one of those things. It, you, it's not like winning a contest and somebody just says, Here, here's some money. That ain't the way it works. It takes work and effort. It takes, it takes diligent effort to try to get to that place. And it, it's not by my works that I get there, but it's by God's grace and mercy that He, because of my diligence in trying to serve Him, He will work in me. He will begin to create this new image, this new person that, that I never was before and can't be without Him. Is that getting through to you? It ought to be a privilege in your eyes to know that God wants to prepare you for something. Man, I look back at what God has done in my life and, man, you talk about humbled. You talk about somebody that just wants to get down at His feet and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing through me. Listen, it is a blessing to know that I am able to reach people for God's glory, but not because of what I've done, because of what He's doing through me. Listen, He chose me to do that. He singled me out of the crowd and said, I want you. That's a blessing. You may think it's a burden. You may think it's a hindrance for your what you want to do in your life, but I'm telling you, it's not. It, God doesn't... Just pick people to use and then throw them away. No. Uh-uh. That's not the way it works here. He picks you. He makes you into what you ought to be. What He originally designed you to be. And then He uses you and then He blesses you for it. And He gives you reward. The Word says that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. It didn't say He might reward you. No, it said He will. He is a rewarder 
of those that diligently seek Him. That is a promise. Do you know any of God's promises? Do you have some you can stand on and believe in? Oh, you need to find them if you don't. You've got to know what this Word says, not because just so you can get in an argument with somebody and, and tell them they're wrong, but when times get tough, listen, this is the only thing right here that's going to endure. When you ain't got nothing else in your life, the government's taking away everything you had, the repo man that come and took your car and refrigerator, you ain't got nothing else, you've got the Word of God. You can turn to Him and say, I am not the, not the tail, I'm the head. I may be, I may appear to be down right now, but I am one of His children. I have a holy, eternal inheritance that is not going to be torn up by moth and rust and dust. No, I have something that lasts forever. That's, that's more than what this little feeble life here can comprehend. You see, that's where you find peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. That's where you find that inexpressible joy that that Scripture talked about. Is when you know that it doesn't matter what happens. What everybody tries to come and take away, you've got something that's going to be there no matter what. God will never fail you. He will never let you down. Sometimes it may seem like because of the things you're going through, He has turned His back on you. It may seem like God has done harm to you. But I promise you, He put you through it for a reason. There is is good that He wishes for you. You need to just turn back to Him. You turn back to Him and say, Father, I don't understand it. I may not ever understand it. Nevertheless, just like Job said, though He slay me, I'll praise Him. Even though it seems like God has brought everything in the world, every attack you can imagine against me, I'm still going to praise Him anyway. Because He is God. If He never did another thing for me, if He took away everything I had, He still blessed me beyond measure. By saving my soul, by allowing me to come into His family and His inheritance, I'm going to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Did y'all know that? Y'all are looking at Jesus Christ's brother. I'm God's heir. Can you say that? Can you say that and, and feel it in your heart and know that I've got an inheritance that this world can't touch? If you don't, you need to find somebody and, and figure out how to get that.